Thank you. I love that song. Good morning and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. I don't know if any of you have had time to count all the monkeys on the, on the platform behind me. I counted at least nine, ten, ten. But it might interest you to know that years ago my sister-in-law didn't know what to get me for a birthday and so she had a bronze monkey reading a book and it sits on my desk to this day. But it started something. Um, people didn't know what to buy me when it was time, you know, for gift exchanges. So I started getting monkeys. And you probably wouldn't realize it if you came to the office, but if you ever do, you'll probably find over 15 monkeys, maybe more, in my office. So now, don't all come see me at once, but lots of monkeys. This morning, we continue our series in Proverbs, my favorite Proverbs. We're going to look at chapter 4. I want to read verses 3 through 13, and then uh, a verse that is of exceptional focus, chapter 23, 24. So if you have your Bible open or your device, I'm going to begin reading at verse 3. When I was a son with my father, Tinder, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Here, my son, and accept my words, and the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of unrighteousness. When you walk, you step, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of your instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. And then chapter 23, uh, 23, verse 26. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Give me your heart. Let, my, let your eyes observe my ways. Thursday morning, as I came to the office, I listened to Christian Family Radio with the guest, Dr. Meg Meeker. Meg Meeker is the author of nine books. Um, I looked that up on Wikipedia. She stressed in the interview 
a father's importance in the life of a child. Dr. Meeker was interviewed because one of those nine books she wrote was Hero, Being the Strong Father Your Children Need. Her own story, as I listened, gave insight into her message to dads and our message this morning. At 16, she decided to become a doctor. She became determined to go to medical school. In her final year of college, she applied to 12 medical schools and received 12 letters of rejection. She felt her life was over at 21. She had no plan B. She had devoted five years to getting to the threshold of medical school and met rejection. Not once, but 12 times. As she tells it, I came home one day after a jog to clear my head, and I was living back at my parents' home, which no 21-year-old wants to be doing. And I overheard my dad talking to a friend on the telephone, and I stopped, and I leaned my ear against the door, and I heard him say my name. And as I put my ear to the door and heard my father say my name, he said these words that I remember to this day. Yes, yes, my daughter Meg will be going to medical school in the next couple of years. I can't tell you the sensation that came over me, over my mind and over my body. I thought, it's a reality. My becoming a doctor is a reality because my dad said so. It was huge. It was life-changing. I can still hear him saying it now, and that was over 30 years ago. And I went on, picked myself up, did my applications and reapplied, and sure enough, I got in, and I'm a physician now. Then the host, Jim Daly, said, Meg, let me ask you though, because, uh, see I'm reading a transcript here, because uh, some people listening did not have the great relationship with their dad that you had. There are some who are listening who are even saying, how could you even feel that? I mean, my father never said a good thing about me. So Meg, tell us. Why did it make such an impact upon you? And Dr. Meeker replied, I'll tell you why. Because fathers have an authority in a child's life with a capital A. And a father uses that authority for good or ill. 
A father uses that authority for good or ill. How true. I can attest to that. I have a hunch that everyone in this room can attest to the truth of that authority and that it can be used for good or ill. From the interview and from Proverbs, I realized what is missing. I don't know quite how to put it into words, but dads have this authority for good or ill. But what I think they lack is an awareness of the authority. They lack an awareness of the good they can do and the ill they can avoid. I think dads with this authority, for good or for ill, lack intention. That is a mindset, a mindset-based influence that is not conditioned by a child's behavior or for anything else. A father who can be, a father who wields authority for good even when his child disobeys, even when his child acts out, even when his child does not respond because of the character of the father, not because of the results of his authority. He has authority because of who he is. And that brings me to a third thing that I think is missing that I want to bring into the light. And that is is that a dad is a product. And dads don't realize they're a product. A product that the dad offers the child. A product in the sense that it says, become like me. Zach said, we all have a responsibility to be a product. He said, we all have a responsibility to be a disciple of Jesus Christ to be a Christ-like person in our family, in our home, to our kids, to our spouses. In other words, in the words of Proverbs, a dad, his very life, not just what he teaches, but his very life can have a message. And that message is this. Get wisdom. Emulate me. Emulate me. I'll show you what wisdom looks like. I'll, know, I'll show you what character looks like. And it won't be conditioned on your behavior because I'm going to shine like this whether you like it or not. I'm going to be like this in season and out. 
because this is who I am. That's the message that we're getting here from these fathers. In chapter 4, these scriptures make it so clear this is a generational thing. He's speaking to his son about his dad. We're this way because we caught it. We embraced it. We respected it. We saw it in our dads. And then in chapter 23, verse 26, give me your heart. Wow, that takes a consciousness and an awareness that I can take your heart and do something even better with it than you can do yourself. Let your eyes observe some translations, either reading is in the Hebrew text, delight. Let your eyes delight in my ways. Find favor. Things that are worth prizing. That's a mindset. That's an awareness not only of this father's influence, but a track record of the Lord's wisdom that he wants his son to know. And he knows it just doesn't come by words. He says, yeah, listen to my instruction. Give me your heart. But he says, observe my life. Watch my ways. Put your eyes on the things I do. Show and tell. Show and tell. Each generation can add or subtract. I love that video that we watched this morning because it talked about changing patterns. Maybe the product your dad offered you was not a good product, and so you're trying to be a different product. That's a good thing if it's a Christ-like thing, if it's a wise thing. But that breaks sometimes a generational trend of authority for ill rather than authority for good. This use of authority isn't about raw power. It's about influence. It's about inspiring your child. And as fathers, we have a chance to inspire all the people in our household and in our lives. You have to be inspired to be inspiring. I can't tell you to be inspired. I mean, I'd like to. What I mean is I can tell you to be inspired, but you won't be inspired unless you're inspired. And you have to find your inspiration, not in me. I hope I can, you know, light a match, point you, but you have to find your inspiration in Jesus Christ. If he doesn't inspire you on a day-to-day basis, honestly, folks, we're not going to go the distance. It's going to become a sham. And then the worst example that we can become is someone who doesn't live out our faith, doesn't live out what we uphold. Dads have a pedestal because early on 
our kids put our dads on that pedestal. And they remain on that pedestal. Let's put our pedestal to the very best use. And I want you to know, and I just want to plan a perspective here on this pedestal. If we disciple our children, if we live our lives, we are discipling. Some are more intentional. Some we're more aware of. But if we're living our lives in a Christ-like way, in his love, in his forgiveness, in his mercy, in his grace, not to achieve something, but to live out the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit that indwells us. This is a real thing. When we live that out, when we're aware of that, we are a model worth emulating. When we think of discipleship, we think curriculum. If I said, I want every one of you to sign up to disciple somebody, you would think curriculum. What do I teach? I need a book. All the mechanics and the logistics. How about living like Jesus Christ and sharing your life and experiences with another person with intentionality, with a desire to do something that will pour goodness and mercy and grace and love into the life of another. There are people in our lives already. All we have to do is realize we have authority. As dads, we're on a pedestal. But all of us have authority in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. What are we learning from Jesus? Learning about God's Word. These are things we can pass on. These are things that should show up in our lives. A pedestal, dads, is perpetual. I want you to remember that. The pedestal is perpetual. It will live as long as your child draws breath. And you will be on that pedestal. You will glow or you'll cast a shadow. It's our decision to make that monument to dad something praiseworthy, a monument to wisdom, not folly, like our name and reputation. It will live in the heart of your child. Here's the thing. When the father says, give me your heart, child is going to willingly give that heart to a loving, wise father. Why love? Why all this talk about love? Love, love, love. It's a Christ-like legacy that speaks even from the grave. I'm really serious. I'm living my life that way. You may be a great dad. It may not show up in your kids. 
But that doesn't excuse us from climbing off that perpetual pedestal and shining with the love of Jesus Christ because that is a love. That is a, is a heritage that defies death and lives on after I'm gone, you're gone. That love lives and it influences. And sometimes it's out of regret that kids respond as they should when dad was alive. Let's not only put our pedestal in the best use, to the best use, let's point our power in the best way. Let your eyes observe, the proverb says. Dads begin as the strongest entity in a child's life. No one's stronger than you, dad. That's just the way it is to a child. No one's stronger than you. You can open jars that mom can't. You can lift boxes that we can't budge. You can face down spiders and boogeymen. You have power. You actually do. But show them something stronger than you. Self-control. That's real power. Show them patience. That's real power. Show them mercy and kindness. I kid you not, that's manliness. Gentleness. Gentleness, the very notion of gentleness is drawn from the, the, the figure of a man who can handle an infant, a fragile baby, controlling his strength to do the right thing. Show them the power of blessing, a vision. You know, words have power, just as Dr. Meeker found out when her dad said, my daughter's going to medical school. She's going to become a doctor. I know this to be true. I didn't hear it from my dad, but I heard it from Shelley. And it didn't, wasn't said directly to me. I heard her talking on the phone to someone else. And it was life-changing. She said something like, well, John says, as if I was quotable. As if my wife was proud to say something that I had said. I can't tell you how, how that blessed me, how that built my esteem to know that she loves me like that. And when you bless your children, your wives, your friends, your co-workers, when you say good things in a negative situation, when you insert good where there's no good to be found, you are, you are blessing and it's a power. It's a power that nobody else has because you're the one that's blessing. And when it's driven by the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the very power of the gospel behind that blessing. You have the very guarantee of God who has changed your life behind that blessing. That's power. That's vision. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's inspiring life. 
Show them the power of blessing. Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, known best for the little prince, in the book said, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up the men to gather wood, divide the work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. We can inspire when we teach our children to yearn and long for what we yearn and long for. May that be Jesus Christ. No one is more worthy. No one. No one has loved you more. No one has forgiven you more. No one has shown you more mercy, more patience, more opportunity, more second chances. That should be our inspiration as dads. That should be our authority. That should be our power. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for new life. We thank you for second chances and new beginnings. We thank you that today can be the new day of a next generation. And we praise you that we have this power in Jesus' name. And it is in his power that we praise you. Amen.